You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Of Jesus, amen. Dear Davis, God be praised for your baptism, that the kingdom of God has sought you and found you and forgiven you all your sins, that life and salvation are yours in Christ by His death and resurrection, by His water and word. You have a heavenly Father who loves you, which means that you don't have to worry about eternal life, and in fact, you don't have to worry about this life either. This is what Jesus is preaching to you and to all of us today, that we have a Father in heaven who loves us, who cares for us, who did not even spare His only begotten Son, but gave Him up for us so that we can live in confidence and not in worry. We'll walk through the text from the Gospel uh, lesson, Matthew chapter 6, you have it uh, in your bulletin there, and consider each verse one at a time. This preaching of Jesus, which I think could be unfolded in about ten sermons, but we'll just have one, or we'll have ten mini-sermons in a row. So, first verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus begins this sermon talking about worship, and really it's a sermon on the first commandment. Pagans, it was always okay to worship a lot of gods, to have two, three, four, a hundred, a thousand gods, But not for Christians. Worship was exclusive. The first commandment is not, I will be your God, but this, you shall have no other gods. God excludes the worship of anything alongside of Himself. So that the worship of the true God requires forsaking all others. And then Jesus gets right to the point in this sermon when He calls out by name the most common false god in all of the world. Money. Mammon. For whatever reason, and I, I don't know, there's, I think there could be lots of reasons here, but for whatever reason it is, we fallen sinful creatures are always tempted to worship money. To trust money. To be afraid of not having money. Or to think that if we do have enough, that we'll be happy or we'll be safe and secure or whatever. And it doesn't matter if we have lots of it or if we have none of it or if we're somewhere in between. Either way, we believe that that there is life and safety and security and happiness in money. Now, Jesus is always bringing this up in His teaching, and really, He's always making fun of us and our trust in money. He mocks us. He laughs at it. It's God who keeps us safe, who gives us what we need, who holds our life in His hands. And it is by His will and His will alone that we have a bite to eat and a place to sleep and clothes to wear and a beating heart. So Jesus contrasts the service of God and the service of money. And He's going to tell us what the worship or service of money looks like in the very next verse. verse. It looks like worry and anxiety. 
Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Worry is money worship. And here it is that I would like you to consider something this morning. Uh, something that occurs to me. I wish I, in fact, had a better way to talk about it. But I'm going to give it a shot and you guys can help me after the service. Whenever we commit idolatry or we worship a false god, we don't think that we're sinning and doing something wrong. We think that we're doing something right. So that when we go and worship money or worry about things, we think that this is good. We think that worry and anxiety is a virtue and not a vice. Let me see if this example works. When we see someone who worries about a lot of things and they fret, we think, well, I know that they care, that they're a serious and responsible person. Do you see, you see what I'm talking about? That we look at worry and we say that that is a mark of maturity and that these two things, worry and maturity, they go hand in hand in our thinking. When you turn on the 24-hour news channels, it seems like this is their goal, to cause you to worry, to get you to worry. And that when you're worrying about all the things that are going on in the world, that you're doing your part. Worry becomes a good work for us. Now, Jesus is getting after this. And He's getting after it in a very specific way, a very specific type of worry. Uh, our worry about food and clothing. That is, about the things of this life. God has given us our life and our body, but now we think that it's us, up to us to keep our life and body going. That it's up to us to keep ourselves alive. Jesus says, No. The same Heavenly Father who gave you your life is the one who keeps your life. Here it is in verse 26. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? The birds, says Jesus, should be our teachers. They'd even, they don't even know how to farm but God feeds them. And look, how much more valuable you are than they. There's something in this text that I never noticed until this year. If you look at the words, Jesus doesn't say about the Their Heavenly Father feeds them, but your Heavenly Father feeds them. It's our Heavenly Father who feeds the birds. But He hasn't baptized the birds. He hasn't sent His Son, Jesus, to die for the birds. We sinful beings are the peculiar object of our Heavenly Father's love and affection. And this confidence, says Jesus, should sweep out worry. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And Jesus, by the way, is not here saying that we should not sow or reap or gather into barns. We should quit farming and working and expect food to fall out of the sky. If you don't sow or reap or gather into barns, the Lord will provide for you eating what the birds eat. (laughs) 
berries and things like that. We work. We have bodies and minds that know how to provide for food. Things that the birds could never do. We can sow and we can reap and we can gather into barns the birds and still And Jesus points out the silliness of this. Which of you, verse 27, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Jesus wants us to see that our worry accomplishes nothing. If we sit in a corner and worry, does anything change at all? Do we live an hour longer? Do we grow an inch taller? If we sit there and worry enough, does food show up on the table? No. Worry is useless. In fact, it probably makes things worse. And yet the idol of money demands this worship. The sacrifice of worry. So Jesus continues. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Again, look at this. We can toil and spin things which the flowers of the field could never do. But still we worry about having clothes. God takes care of the grass of the field. He will, says Jesus, take care of us. And with these words, I think Jesus is getting at our normal way of thinking, which is wrong. We have a very tight connection in our own mind between cause and effect. We plant the seed and the seed grows mechanically. We go to work and we get paid. It's automatic. We put money in the bank and we expect that it will stay there. We have this kind of mechanical cause and effect view of the world. And Jesus is teaching us that God is involved in all of it. That God is working in all of these things. That the birds have food because God feeds them. That the flowers are adorned with beauty because God clothes them. That you have house and clothing and food and drink and all of the things that you need for this life because God Himself has provided them for you. The grass grows because God tells it to. The fruit comes out of the tree because God has commanded it. So Jesus says, Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? The Gentiles seek after these things. Your knows that you need them all. God knows what we need, and He has promised to take care of us. This is why, instead of worry, the Scriptures teach us to pray. Can worry add an hour to your life? No. Can prayer? Sure. If the Lord wills. And we see this in the Scripture, that the Lord hears us and answers our prayer. Two texts specifically about about replacing our worry with prayer. The first is this, Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the second verse is like it, 1 Peter chapter 5, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now these two texts we should engrave in our hearts, and in this way our worry, instead of being idolatry, begins to serve us. So that when we worry, when we get that sinking feeling in the pit of our stomach, or you know, whatever happens to you when you remember something you're worried about, when we're assaulted by our anxieties, we should say, this is a reminder to me to pray. And our prayers can be like this, Lord, you told me not to worry because you love me and take care of me. Well, I'm worried about this and that, and I'm asking you to take care of it. Help me, protect me, and so forth. And in this way, we take the, tempt- the temptation to worship money through worry, and we reverse it. And now it becomes a true service of God. This is what Jesus is talking about, the next verse, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, And all these things will be added to you. The children of the world seek a kingdom of this world, but you are not of this world. You are children of the Heavenly Father, and His kingdom you seek, His righteousness you desire. And where do we find it? His kingdom and His righteousness? It's not in our doing, our efforts, our obedience, our works. It's in His Word and in His promises. It's in the preaching of the Gospel. It's in His baptism and in His supper. There you find His righteousness. Not the righteousness of keeping the law, but the righteousness of Christ which comes to you in His promise. And this righteousness and this kingdom, this better. Better than the clothes that cover the body is the robe of the righteousness of Christ. Better than the food that we eat and drink is the body and blood of Jesus that we eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins. Better than a full bank account is the kingdom of heaven. Better than life on this world is eternal life in the This is what your heavenly Father has provided you in the death of Jesus. And if the one who has given you such treasure, who has not spared His only begotten Son, but given Him up for us all, Will He also not take care of you while you live on this earth? So Jesus finishes His sermon. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding... Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.